It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Podcast. Happy Friday. Happy summer Friday. It's a sunny side kind of Friday. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Joined by all of my guys. Big day. Bow. B-A-W-L sports. Will the Goat Gottlieb. Will underscore Gottlieb. And joining us today, MK Hoops. It's Mark K. Our producer, Lawrence, the Supreme, behind the controls. Uh, The day after the aftermath of the 2023 NBA draft, Right after we logged off last night of our three-hour-long live draft show, thanks to all those uh, of you who joined us, the Bulls decided to uh, trade for the 35th pick and actually did something. Hooray for them. We'll dive into that, touch on the two players the Bulls added, one via the second round and one on a two-way contract undrafted free agent, and dive into everything that Arturis Karnachovas and Mark Eversley, the Bulls front office brain trust, had to say in their press conference at the Advocate Center last night. Uh, first and foremost, gentlemen, how's everybody doing? Everybody survive? Will, I know you mentioned you had a pretty late night at the Advocate Center. <laughs> late night at Advocate, for sure. Um, but got some good writing in. Got to hear from the brass, Mark Eversley, AK. So it was interesting. I'm excited to get into it. Mark, I haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing? No, my uh, weeks aren't complete without our chats, but it has been a while. But um, yeah, look, it's 6.30 a.m. for me. My belly is still full of a lot of pizza, which I consumed last night, which hasn't fully digested. And I'm oh. here to talk about the Arturis Karnaschovas press conference. So um, the I'll show. let you be the judge <laughs> of how I'm going. <laughs> yeah, Very was, good. It was, it, was, it was awesome doing that pod yesterday. Everybody did a great job, but can we please point out that Will Gottlieb dropped 65 on the pod yesterday. He was absolutely amazing. That dude was doing his thing. As he mentioned, did it on the pod, went to the advocate, of course, got some writing in as well. That dude dropped 65 points yesterday. It was beautiful to watch. You're the real MVP. Real MVP. Wasn't quite Donovan Mitchell's uh, 70 on the Bulls, but, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty damn good. I was a was late violation short of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we've got lots to cover, so let's dive right in. I figured we would start with the obvious and address it and then move on. Uh, many questions about Lonzo Ball that AK fielded, but essentially, at least I was glad to finally hear this team's leader of the front office acknowledge the reality of the situation after so many were hopefuls we'll wait and seize we're going to ramp him ups we were sick of those we didn't want to hear any more gaslighting for the bulls front office as far as lonzo ball status so ak said last night fairly plainly going into the offseason i think our expectation is he's not coming back next season he's going to continue with his recovery if he comes back it will be great but we're going to treat the offseason and get ready for the season as if he's not coming back next season end quote um thankfully finally it's about time i think there are some of us who felt like he could have said this to us this time last year but maybe at that point they still thought he could make a comeback at some point in the middle of this 22 23 season that didn't happen at least now finally they are acknowledging that they need to have a plan other than hoping lonzo gets healthy dave yeah i mean i think you hit it right there on the head when you said that you know, this basically meant that there was no hope for anything. Like, 
period. That's period point blank. That's what they were going on last year in the previous season. Well, maybe that's a possibility. So we'll keep saying those things, which is fine. Um, but now the reality of it is, yeah, this is the third knee surgery. We understand what it is. I don't think anybody expected him to come back at all uh, this season. And even if it was an opportunity for him to, we knew it was going to take time for him to get back in basketball shape, period. So it, it, in all reality, it wasn't going to happen. So him saying that is, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Let's move on. Let's go improve this team in, in another kind of way because we know we can't do it waiting on Lonzo. Yeah, while he gets better. And I think it's it's like reminds me reminds me of the Derrick Rose situation, right? Where they were just like, oh, maybe he'll come back. Maybe he won't. If he's ready, he'll come back. And it's just like, get ahead of it. Shut him down. Like, forget the expectations. Billy kind of mentioned this at the start of last year where it's like, well, maybe we do have to go into the season, you know, under the assumption that maybe he won't be back. Now they're doing it. They're doing it ahead of free agency. There are no excuses to not address the point guard position. They need to do it, period, point blank, as Dave, Dave loves to say. And that's it. That's what it is. Um, he's not going to be back. I think we all knew this, but it's it's good that they are getting ahead of the situation and now they need to do something to address it. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, they only addressed it because it was asked. Do you think they would have said anything if it wasn't asked? Now, Jamal Collier of ESPN asked the question, I believe. If he didn't, maybe someone else would have picked up the slack, but would we... Uh, I had, I had the mic in my hand ready to ask and then Jamal swooped in. <laughs> Yeah, so look, I, I'm I'm tipping if it wasn't Jamal, it was going to be someone in there asking the question regardless. But I guess my thing is like, why wait to be asked for something like this? And maybe it doesn't ultimately matter because AK said they're working under the assumption that he's not coming back. So that's how they're entering free agency, etc. But like, why not get ahead of this before the question even? Why not just sort of say that Lonzo's had his surgery, this is where he's at? Um, this is our expectation, even if it's just via a press release or a leak to someone or something. I don't know. Uh, I, that, that's the part that, that I'm sort of quizzing myself on. Like, why wait to be, be asked about it? Why not just tell everyone what's happening? Hard to say what the thought process is there, but um, I think they probably assumed that it was going to come up in this availability uh, he's still like, I think he just got off the crutches a little bit ago and, and right. it seems like the rehab is going well, but I just, I don't think it's the kind of thing that they would just come out and say, unless they were asked. Um, I mean, they, they didn't even really like say anything about the procedure until it came up. So right. I don't know. I think, I, I don't necessarily think they're like trying to keep stuff from the fans, but it is maybe a little strange. I just, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's not how they have operated um at all like everything's kind of close to the vest whether it makes sense or 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 not and and i feel mark like it, in a lot of ways it just doesn't make sense to keep that that close to your vest um but that they've been that way since they got here so they've been consistent in that and in keeping it close but yeah I, I do like the fact he was asked i do like the fact he said it in plain english it ain't ain't no way and we're moving forward like honestly that's the end of it all for me I think the bigger thing. Move... Sorry, go, go ahead, Matt. Well, I, I was, was going to say the bigger thing. Say before we move on from Alonzo, worth noting that they were also asked about wave and stretch and shut that down entirely. But yeah. they also AK basically just said an "ask me later" kind of answer when that it was also asked, I believe, by Cody Westerland of six seventy. Right. Would you consider applying for that disabled player exception this season? Right, and that's where I was just going to go is. You know, I think the goal for them is still to get Lonzo back at some point, whether they think it's believable or not. Um, getting the retire, like the um, career-ending injury, I think just kind of cuts off their entire path to hopefully getting him back. And I think best-case scenario is that he comes back because he really helps his team. Right. Um, who knows what level he'll be at if he can even make it. But I think the fact that they basically, to your point, Matt, said we're going to get in a room next week and talk about it with regards to the designated or the uh, injury provision for next year, disabled player exception. I think that's a real possibility. I think they should do it. I think they probably will apply for it if they've already announced that he won't be back. Um, Arturis did kind of slip in at the end of that, that, you know, if he does come back, that would be great. So maybe that kind of hurts their fortunes. Like he would need to be 
they would need to like officially shut him down for the season in order to do that. And effectively they have done so. Um, but I think again, the key here is doing it now as opposed to during the season. Yes. If they even use the DPE on him, it'll be, um, I believe the number is half of his salary up to the mid-level exception. So in Lonzo's case, it would be about $10 million, which they could use. It would apply to the salary cap, which means mm -hmm. as we've talked about the bulls cap sheet, very, very um, tight right now. And it's a tough spot to be in, but um, if they, if they were to use that DPE, that would push them into the luxury tax. So we won't know whether or not they'll do that, but um, there is a world and we can talk about like the potential reality of them actually going into the tax. They have opportunities to get to spend money to try to improve this team. Um, and the disabled player exception is one way to do that, but it would push them into tax and, and we'll see whether or not that actually happens. I have my doubts. Uh, all right. Next thing I wanted to touch on was AK's answer when asked by, I believe, Casey about the conclusion of the Nikola Vucevic trade with Orlando with them selecting with the 11th pick last night. Um, in, in case you missed it, he said, I think that transaction when we brought Vooch here showed everyone we were trying to win. I think once we brought Vooch, then we brought DeMar, we brought in Alex Caruso, we brought in Zoe, and that started us trying to improve our team and trying to be competitive. Here's the kicker. I thought that deal worked out pretty well for us. I know that that quote in particular had a lot of Bulls fans up in arms last night. Mark, as someone who acknowledged the good things that Vooch has brought to this Bulls team on the basketball floor over the last couple seasons and change, what did you make of AK trying to spin it that aggressively when po posed with that question? Well, I mean, did he try to spin it that aggressively? Because, I mean, the first part where I, I think it was a signal that they were trying to win. And so I don't I don't disagree with him on, on that part. But then when he, he effectively mentioned that it was a good deal for them, like, is that really ex like spinning it hard? Because, I mean, spinning it hard from my perspective would be like, yeah, this deal was great, which has been like near all-star level. You know, he's so foundational to everything we do. He's so important. This this type of speak, like that, to me would be spinning it hard. But just sort of saying, yeah, it was a good deal. Like <laughs> to me, that was like him saying the bare minimum of trying to keep it positive without acknowledging that um, maybe this move hasn't necessarily worked out to the level that it had or it needed to, or ultimately what they're hoping to. So. Um, yeah, I think he did just did the bare minimum. And I think he was sort of pained to even answer that question. It was a really good question by Casey. And you could tell, I mean, AK is never going to answer a question fully, honestly, with any verve at all. So this was probably the best you were going to get out of him in that situation. But I didn't think he was necessarily trying to spin it too hard. But um, it was just funny, I guess, because everyone was already annoyed. Every, every Bulls fan was angry. And you just knew this was going to tee them up even more, which... Uh, I, you know, I found it amusing at least. He was like, you could tell he knew he was going to get in trouble while he was saying yeah. it. Like, <laughs> but you're right. Like, he's never going to come out and say, this trade sucked for us. Like, we blew it. We're, we shouldn't have done it. I wish we could go back in time. Like, he's just not going to do yeah, that. No way. Um, yeah. And I do think that the messaging is important. Like, they were trying to become a relevant team. They were trying to fast forward to being competitive. And I think the outcome didn't really work out the way that they would have wanted. And they also like, I think there's this narrative about like, oh, the trade is complete now. They've gotten the picks. It's Jet Howard, it's Franz Wagner, it's Wendell Carter. Like that's not how it works. These guys are going to be in the league for 10, 12, 15 years, whatever it is. And that's going to have an impact on the Orlando Magic or whatever team they go to beyond that. Meanwhile, the Bulls are stuck where they are and they're reinvesting in Vooch. That's a part of this deal too. So it's not just like the the vacuum of you know the the pieces of assets that are on the paper going back and forth this is like what how the effects last in your organization and i think the the vooch trade will not be you know complete for the bulls for a very long time certainly if they you know reinvest in him and, and extend him or re-sign him as a free agent here in the next week or two yeah that right. that last part i i agree with for sure um We'll see how they, you know, go about it if they keep him, if they not, or even after that contract's up, what they decide to do uh, with Vooch. Yeah, it's going to keep going and going for that. But, yeah, I feel like Mark K, it was hilarious to me because I 
was riding with him. And then when he said that, it was like in my head, it was like taking your hands off a steering wheel. It just letting the car go. Like, screw it. I got airbags. Jesus, take the wheel. You know, I don't care. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's what that was. And I kind of enjoyed that kind of chaotic sentiment uh, from him. And I I, kind of laughed like really hard when he said it. Because I was like, he clearly does not follow bulls anything because he just doesn't care. And I like that. And I enjoyed the fact he said that that shit. Now, yeah, some people believe it was a failure of a trade. Some people don't. I'm kind of in the middle uh, on that. But yeah, I, it, it was hilarious. That's, that, that was my sentiment. I felt like Marquet, honestly. I, I, I laughed at it. Yeah. And look, there's still a reality where you make the Vooch trade and this team is good. I don't think the Vooch trade has put them in this situation where they're in the tax or potentially going into the tax or or whatnot. Like the, the Vooch trade hasn't hampered their ability to add players, to use your mid-level exception, to use your biannual exception, to use any trade-to-player exception that you may have received for the Daniel Tice trade, to do all these sorts of things. The, the Vooch trade didn't make you tra- uh, draft three non-shooters in successive drafts. Like, There's a lot of things that the Vooch <laughs> trade has done for this team and limited. Do they pay more than they probably should have? Um, have those picks turned out to be better than what the Bulls were hoping for? Absolutely. But has the Vooch trade limited you in all these other facets of team building? Absolutely not. So this idea that the Vooch trade is what's undone the Bulls here is complete stupidity. And anyone who wants to say that is, well, I won't say what they are. But um, yeah, so in that sense, I, I'm I'm like you, Dave. I don't think this is a terrible trade. Um, it's not a good trade. They overpaid. But is it something that limited it to the team to put put them in the position that they're in now? No, absolutely not. That that's purely on AK and his decision making thereafter. And if required, it's also on Michael and Jerry Reinsdorf. So Vooch takes too much heat for this and it's it has always annoyed me. But uh he's an easy scapegoat. But um yeah, now I'm ranty. Yeah, so you'll I'll never you'll you'll never hear me mad at any front office that's erring on the side of winning. Like, that just doesn't bother me. Like, he made a move to improve this team to try to win and win now and do what he said he wanted to do. And, yeah, like, I can't be mad at something like that. And then the return I got is a guy who gets me 18 and 11. And on a season people thought was trash, walks out with 17 and 11, shooting 35% from three, playing all 82 games. And then, okay, like, you want me to be mad at that? Like, I can't. (laughs) Like, I just really can't be mad at something like that. So, yeah, I'll never get mad at a team – who goes for it and tries to win and comes up short. I'm only mad when they don't try and they just sit there and then you watch that shit just go by and you don't give yourself an opportunity. That's for me is, is the the true sense of like failure and losing. I think that's where Mark's point is really spot on. It's like, it's not just any one single move that put the bulls in the situation. It's the accumulation of uh, overpays, slight overpays or not um, of, you know, investing future draft picks investing money and they're just kind of paying the piper at this point i think vooch is obviously the biggest example because they sent out two picks for him and it was the first real big move that they made but this is not just on him and the other thing i want to add on this is like you know i i agree with you dave in a certain sense of like i'll never get mad at a player for anything like i don't dislike zach even though i think the bulls should trade him i don't dislike vooch even though i think the bulls need to be careful about not overpaying him that's on that's on management, and I think it's more about like the 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 architecture of the group and do the pieces fit together. I agree with you that there's nothing wrong with trying. I think the worst thing about NBA discourse is like, oh, if they don't have you know Luca or LeBron or Steph or Giannis or Embiid, like they should just tank. Like there's no point in trying. You should absolutely try. Like that's that's why you play. You play to compete. The problem for me is when the things clearly aren't working and you continue to reinvest in them. You continue to, um, in spite of the fact that it's not working, double down. I think that's where you get yourself in trouble. And I think that's where the Bulls are. So this is not about me not liking Zach or not liking Vooch. I've enjoyed covering them. I think they're really good players, but I, I think this is more just about like the, the future and the direction of the franchise and the fact that this just hasn't worked. All right, guys, let's uh, take our first break here. When we come back, we'll dive into all of the juicy stuff we heard from AK about how much work he knows he has on his plate right now. 
whether or not he's going to convince the Reinstorfs to pay the luxury tax and all that jazz. That's coming up next. While we're sharing these words from our friends and sponsors, do us a simple favor, hit that thumbs up button if you're watching along on YouTube. We appreciate it. Make sure you're subscribed as well to the CSGO Sports YouTube channel. And if you feel like it, throw us a super chat. I see we have a couple. We'll get to those after the break. Uh, It's Friday at about 4 o'clock here on a beautiful June day in Chicago. That means weekend vibes. That means it's sunny side Friday vibes. God, I love Chicago in the summertime. You know what makes it even better? What you need to do to make sure you have the most enjoyable Chicago summer weekend that you can is head to Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary, your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. They offer easy online ordering and in-store pickup and offer their great transparent loyalty program called Sunnyside Rewards. It's Illinois' favorite dispensary from the city to the suburbs, from Wrigleyville to River North. I actually just saw in our Everybody CHGO Slack channel that Corey from CHGO Cubs, shout out to him, just stopped by the Wrigleyville location and is a very happy camper for doing so. Check it out. My advice, try the good news gummies. They are delicious and mm, man, they give you what you're looking for. So head on over to any and all of the Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary locations, Chicago and Illinois wide. And here's an offer for you. Use that promo code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer. This offer is good now through August. And it's not only for new customers. Anyone can use that promo code of our CHGO25. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. Must be 21 and over or an Illinois med card holder. You know, after you walk into Sunnyside and walk out feeling good, how about you walk on down and keep on going to that Goose Island brew house baby and enjoy your day make your day even better oh i think that would be awesome that's a good idea that's what peck's thinking right now he's like that sounds like a damn good idea and i'm like yeah it is because you can choose from some awesome beers out there y'all the goose island ipa that six-time medal winner at the great american beer fest the tropical beer hug which i now now call the herb lawrence because i watched him chug three of them beers with 9.9 percent alcohol i still don't know how he did it and lived but he did it, and shout out to him. The 312 Wheat Ale, and of course, our favorite, the Full Pocket Pilsner. The everyday beer, which is what the brewers are drinking and what the people who drink what the brewers are drinking are also drinking. So head down to that Goose Island brew house on Clybourne in Lincoln Park or that tap room that's on Fulton Street in Westtown. And why don't you go ahead and get you some Matilda and send a shout out to Mark K because that's probably his favorite right there. Because it's the Goose Island Beer Company, the true taste of Chicago, and it is Chicago's beer. Delicious. Mark K, I really enjoy that chest you built for your son, by the way. Chicago's (laughs) beer. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. (laughs) It was impressive, though. Seriously. (laughs) Dude, I saw the pictures. I told these guys, I was like, "Man, I want, I want Mark to make me a beautiful wooden toy chest." Yeah, I told, I told him to ship it. Might cost them though. Yeah, (laughs) shipping (laughs) might be a non-trivial number. Uh, Quick shout out to Jimmy Lit World, who threw us a super chat saying, "What's up, my CHGO dudes?" Eight thirty a.m. Saturday here in Auckland. Great to finally see y'all live again since the Bulls play in front office finally did something. Yay! I mean, it <laughs> technically qualifies as something. It was a non-nothing thing that they did last night. Which was driving us um, crazy. Also, uh, Football CF Candy, who shout out to them, was hanging out with us in our live draft chat last night. Fans annoyed that we don't have a direction. We clearly have one. Be competitive, quote unquote, lead league in attendance and make money. Tell fans to stop going to games. Uh, sure. And I can tell you to stop beating that dead horse, but appreciate the super (laughs) chat. I get it. As I said last night, there have been many times in my Bulls fan life where I do not disagree with you. Um, speaking of money and the Bulls and making money versus spending money, let's dive into that part of the conversation, shall we? So AK was asked last night by Casey Johnson, NBC Sports Chicago who had asked him a similar question in their end of season press conference. If you do the quick math, 
And you say you want to bring back Vooch. You say you want to bring back Kobe. He also did confirm yesterday that they plan to offer qualifying offer to Ayo Desumu as well. And they also want to add talent in free agency. How do you do that without going into luxury tax? And this was AK's answer. Lawrence, if you want to pull up that quote real quick, it sounded pretty confident. AK said, it all depends on free agency and how that goes. Jerry and Michael have been always open with me to go into the luxury tax if our team is competitive. Top four, top six in the East. If there are players in free agency that we can improve our team and we're competitive, we'll retain our free agents. And then there was sort of a follow-up, I believe, from Casey, who was saying, is that a yes? Are you saying, yes, we'll go into the luxury tax if necessary? And AK said, yes. Mm. Are we convinced, Mark? I'll start with you. <laughs> no, absolutely not. We should be not. We should be not convinced. And AK said this, and this was probably the most important piece to this. And he said this before. Oh well, no, he's not said this before. Michael Reinsdorf has said this before in case he's quizzed him about this very question previously. I, I don't know if it was last season or the season before when. Casey had that sit down with uh, Michael Reinsdorf, but he said it was February of 2022. There you go. So he effectively said at that point in time, almost a year and a half ago that, yeah, cool. We'll we'll, we'll pay the tax. Yeah, sure. We'll do that. If we have a competitive team, Um, if, if this team deserves to pay the tax or or one that we want to pay the tax for. And last night at the presser, AK said that, uh, Michael and Jerry have always endorsed or he's always had that support if this is a top four or top 16. That in that situation, they will pay the tax and maybe they will. But this team, as cur- currently constructed, at least based on last season, was not a top four or a top 16. They were, what was that? They were almost a top eight team, I guess, a top <laughs> eight and a half team if you, you know, take off the last three minutes of that playing game. That doesn't that doesn't meet their criteria of pay, of being a tax team. So that's one thing. But we've been we've seen them be a top four or top six team back in the initial stages of this team. The, um, when they before, first brought in Lonzo and Demar, etc., you had the ability at the trade deadline to you know add players then to bolster the team that was at the at the trade deadline um, sitting on top of the East with with the Miami Heat at that point. Uh, we all know that they fell off from there and, and, and they crumbled down to be six in the in, in the East in that season. But they didn't do anything at that deadline to add talent to that team who had very clearly shown that, hey, maybe this team could be somewhat competitive. So why am I to believe now that you're going to pay the tax for this team, which is clearly on the downswing? You've already got... You're, you're saying you want to bring everyone back, which is at least a minimum of 10 players. You've just added Justin Phillips as well. So you've already got 11 players. Now I'm not even factoring in any other, you know, two-way guys or whatever it might be. Not only are you up against it from a tax point of view, but in a lot of ways, your roster, your roster spots are kind of already filled anyway. So this idea that they're going to go out shopping in free agency and add all these players, one, you don't really have the roster spots. You've maybe got three or four roster spots to do so. Um, but beyond that, what evidence do we have at all that this team will ever pay the luxury tax, particularly for this particular team, given their situation? So absolutely not. Should anyone put any, putting any stock into these words? And that caveat that he mentioned is the key piece of criteria that everyone should be latching their ears onto because this team is not top four, not top six. So that is the, the out that, that uh, AK will use or ownership will use. So I have absolutely zero confidence or any reason to believe they'll be paying the tax this off season it's a believe it when i see it type situation maybe they do it and at that point okay cool you've done it but even if they do it this season like depending what they do like if they go into the tax by one or two million to bring back or to sign a vet minimum guy like patrick beverly as an example should we be freaking throwing a parade for this franchise because they've gone into the tax to sign a vet minimum guy no like who cares when 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 we say we want you to go in the tax what the inference isn't we want you to go in the tax to sign an end of bench vet minimum guy the inference is do something actual substantial that makes sense like using all your fucking mid-level exception actually adding actual real talent being a big spender like the big market team you're supposed to be, 
not adding vet min guys to fill out the end of your roster that maybe, maybe might be credible players. That's not what we're talking about. So let's see what happens. But um, no, absolutely no reason to believe what he said. <laughs> yes, that was perfectly said. I loved it. Loved every word of that. And that's what it is. You have no reason to believe what until you see it. That's what it is. Simple as that. Um, I think the question is, if they go into the text now, for me, the question is, does Jerry or Mike actually believe this is a top 16? Because of what Mark just laid out there, when you saw them with what they had, they were clearly a top six team in the East, clearly. And now that you've lost, you know, your, your big piece from that, and depending on what you add at free agency, will they believe that this is a top 16 and then decide to go into the luxury tax and actually get someone? And like Marquette said, not just go get a vet minimum, but actually go try to get someone. So that's the question for me, because looking at it, if you're going to gauge it from what you saw this year, the answer is clearly no. <laughs> like They're not going to think, that this is a top six team or even think about going into the luxury tax for this squad this year. But do they believe that they can be going into this year for me is the question. And so I guess we'll find that out, but I have no reason to believe like Marquez said, like, why would you sit there and believe it when it's never happened? Like you've never seen it. And what one time <laughs> since they've been there and I'm, you're just supposed to believe that they're going to do that. No, I appreciate AK's confidence on that shit though. Like, yeah, we're doing that shit. Like I appreciate that confidence, but been a Bulls fan too long to see something like that, bro. Like, and it's not something I've ever seen or can remember seeing. So, yeah, I, I'm, everything Marquez says is completely dead on right. I think the the other piece of this is, so he mentioned, AK, top four, top six team. Like, does that mean during the season, if they're in the top four, top six at the trade right. deadline, maybe they'll they'll dip in? Or does it mean that what you're saying, Dave, if they see themselves as competing at that level this summer, then they'll make an addition using the MLE. Um, I have my questions there, but I think it's this same chicken or egg scenario where they are not good enough to get to contention. And so they're not going to go into the tax, but they're not going to be good enough to contend unless they go into the tax. So something's got to give, I'm not sure which one it'll be. Um, I definitely do not think there's any reason to believe that they will other than that's what AK says and, or that they can other than that's what AK says. And so if we take AK at his word, which is we want to run it back. We want to extend our guys. We want to bring IO back. We're going to give him the qualifying offer. We want to bring Kobe back. We're going to extend him the qualifying offer, which for Kobe is like seven and a half, $7.7 million. There's no way he accepts that. He's going to get at least the MLE. Um, IOS is 5.2 and I think he would be silly not to take that much money. So let's say they extend their guys. They want to bring everybody back. Well, they've also got Patrick Beverly who, you know, they're so impressed with their 14 and nine end to last season. They got to bring him back. So these guys start, uh, adding up. You've got Justin Lewis on a two way. Maybe he gets a real spot. Julian Phillips, you just drafted. Maybe he gets a real spot. You're down to 13, 14 roster spots. You are right up against the tax, depending on what, Vooch does, are you really going to use the MLE to bring in a real contributor? Maybe, but if not, you're going to be right below the tax. And unless you go into it now, you're really not going to find anybody at the trade deadline that pushes you in uh, and makes any meaningful changes. So I I do think that they can go in if they have a justifiable reason. And I think there is a justifiable reason to do that now, which is if they're not going to wave and stretch Lonzo's contract, which AK definitively said they were not going to do, then they can sort of spend their way out of this predicament, which is to use those exceptions uh, to go into the tax, to be able to find guys that can contribute in spite of the fact that you have Lonzo's $20 million sitting on the books. I could see that happening just to like shut the fans up and be like, look, we went into the tax and look what happened. We didn't really do that well because, uh, you know, this team wasn't that good to begin with. Well, to your point, Mark, and I really want to emphasize this, like the inference is not, you know, use veteran minimums at the end of the bench for a 14th and 15th roster spot that just push you $2 million into the tax. And then you can duck back under it at the trade deadline when your team is in 10th, 10th place again. That is not what that means. That means using all of the tools at your disposal, which is $4.4 million of the biannual exception, which is 10 point roughly $10.5 million of a, of a disabled player exception for Alonzo, and which is $12.2 million of the mid-level exception. 
that would push you like 20, $30 million into the tax. And they can get back out of it the year after um, and maybe stretch Lonzo then or apply for the career-ending injury provision. Maybe they get out of DeMar's contract. Um, they can get back out of it. And so I could see a world where they do that. I don't think that's the case, but I think that's kind of one of their only options if we take AK for his word, which is that they want to bring everybody back and that they have the green light to go into the tax to do so. I think that's really one of the the only ways to, to get out of this because something's got to give. They can't bring everybody back without going into the tax and they can't be competitive unless they add somebody. So something's got to give. Yeah, and to me, it's not just taking AK at his word and whether or not you choose to do that. I don't know about y'all, but he seems to be very confident last night in multiple occasions when he was speaking. Like, media and fans alike were ready to tear that dude's head off last night. And multiple times, he was like, just chill. Just you wait. Just you wait. Uh, Lawrence, do we have that one quote from AK about his response to Sam Smith's question, taking heat and noise from media and fans? He said, we have a lot of work to do. You're obviously writing about how much work we need to do. People are telling me we need to get to it. So we will this week. We're going to address our stuff in free agency. He also answered a question about upset fans at the very end of the press conference with something similar saying they'll have to wait until free agency to see what we look like after that. To me, that is not a VP of basketball ops saying, well, just you wait till we sign Pat Bev to a bloated veteran contract to go into the luxury tax and run the rest of this shit back. Because if he's talking that confidently when that is his secret not to be released yet plan, then that man is on drugs. And I don't, I don't know, AK doesn't seem like the drug-doing type to me. He seems too boring and disinterested to enjoy recreational drug use. So, no, that sounded to me like a man who's like, just you wait, y'all watch, y'all watch. I'm about to do some shit. Not tonight, but I'm about to do some shit. So that's why right now the way I feel is, okay, okay, you want to talk that confidently and say, just wait till free agency just wait just wait and see what happens then you better back that shit up because you can't talk like that and be that dismissive of realistic questions deserved pointed questions and then not deliver when that's your answer those are facts right there sir those are facts and i love yes that's perfectly said which is why i said the same thing when i when i was tweeting that out this morning that's exactly how i felt watching that like this is a confident ass dude right here. Like sitting up here. Even he walked in with a joke. Man, the energy in this room. Like he walked in with jokes. <laughs> and I'm like, look at this guy. Like, what's going on right now? Like, what are we missing? Like, there's something different going on. But like I said, I like that kind of confidence. I love it, actually. I love that kind of confidence. But again, like you said, Matt, and I reiterated this, but if it don't go that way, we're gonna be on your ass. Like, period point blank, bro. Like Will says, I like to say, period point blank, we're gonna be on your ass. That's what's gonna happen. Like, so I'm cool with the confidence. I love it. I love people with irrational confidence. I have it in in spades. I love that kind of stuff. So him sitting up there feeling that way about his team and about what they want to move forward with, I, I enjoy that kind of stuff. But it like like you said, if you're gonna say it like this. You got to back it up, man. You got to stand on what you're saying now. Like, you can't just say it and make it word vomit to people. You got to stand. But on he it. said, you're ready to tear your he head said off. said that exact same thing at the trade deadline. We've been creative you know? in the past, so we can do it again. Oh, uh, we like can put together a good team. I'm very confident in that. Like, we'll do it in free agency. I, I guess maybe that's possible. Again, these guys are smarter than I am. They'll be able to figure it out if anybody mm-hmm. can. But I'm waiting to, you know, see it before I believe it because. They haven't done it at the last trade deadline. They hadn't did it, mm-hmm. they hadn't done it last summer. And now they didn't do it this trade deadline. You gotta do something. There there are always ways to be creative. We saw multiple teams do it last night, whether it was getting rid of salary to be able to take on draft picks or bigger contracts. Um, there are teams that are creative out there. I think we're talking about running it back. Like the top 10, 12 guys on this roster look like they're gonna be the same as last year. What's gonna be different? You're going to tell me that a 14th or 15th man on the roster who can like shoot the ball a little bit is going to make that big of a difference. I'm skeptical. I think this is, this is not the time to show confidence. This is the time to actually do something. And I don't want to criticize them because Mm -hmm. I don't want to criticize them yet because they haven't been able to get into free agency, but like, 
I think this is this is the time. Like this is this is the this is the like end of the line in a lot of ways. For yeah. me, that's exactly I the fucking time hated to show confidence, st- man. Statement. I love it. That's when you show. Excuse can me, can I say that? Like quick, I just want to respond to that. I, I just want to respond to that real quick. Nah, but go I, ahead. Go ahead. I, I I think that's the time to do that. Like honestly, I think that's the time you show that kind of confidence, man. When your back's against the wall or some shit like that, you stand on it and you step up to it. The difference was that the trade deadline is he tried to convince you that the Bulls could shoot threes. That was the difference for me. That's a flat out fucking lie, and and that's why I can't get with that. Now that's bullshit. But this is different. Guess, yeah, you know what I, I mean? I don't really... this right here, it's a little bit different for me saying it like this because now I'm like, okay, well, fine. This is more of a wait and see. Let's see what it looks like about there. But that crap at the trade deadline, he just straight up lied <laughs> you know, to your face. That's a whole different monster for me. I Yeah, I, I kind of view them as the same thing, but that's definitely just a different interpretation. Anyway, go on, Mark. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I... I... I wasn't mad at the Vooch comment that we talked about before when a lot of people seemingly got annoyed about it because like, okay, he, what else is he going to say? Like, he, Casey put him in a corner there. He obviously has to say what he said there. But in this scenario, he didn't need to be overly confident and in some ways just supremely smug. Like, that's the way I interpreted it. Like, effectively, the way I interpreted it was, you fans are dumb. Give me some time. Yeah, you can't actually. Yeah, you might have access to your cap sheets. You might. You might understand that the roster is already consumed, or 10, 11 spots already consumed. Yeah, okay. You might not know all that, but but guys, I'm AK. I'm really confident right now that we we can turn this roster around. Like we're not idiots, mate. We're not. Ah, that was the part that actually really annoyed me. And what again? You haven't made any moves for the or any substantial moves for the last three to four transactional cycle. It's, it's similar to the tax conversation. Like, why should we believe, believe it based on your actions? Yeah, you're talking a big game right now, but why should we believe it? Like, we're not dumb, mate. Man, and again, I don't, I mean, I don't want to lose my handle too much, even though maybe I've already done so. <laughs> but so because there is still time that maybe they, they rework this thing in some way. But based on everything that they've said, which is continuity, we understand their tax situation. We understand that you only have so many av- available roster spots. How are you making anything substantial that's going to make us at the end of free agency really change our opinion? Now, beyond that, given their tax situation, given that they're probably only you know talking about vent minimum deals or uh, you know contracts that aren't substantial, meaning you're not necessarily going to get back noteworthy players you're putting yourself in a position where you're competing with the likes of the phoenix suns the lakers the denver nuggets the miami heat insert actual contenders that actually pay the tax those teams will all be vying for these end of bench role guys who can come and play for vet minimum type deals so when we want to talk about you know signing seth curry or signing uh signing yuda watanabe or whoever it might be these insert bench shooter guys that'll go for two three million dollars why are they coming to the Chicago Bulls to play on this situation versus going to the Phoenix Suns or whatever it might be? So, yeah, cool. You can talk your big game, AK, but show me, dude. And and don't just don't patronize the fan base by being overly arrogant by saying, yeah, wait till next week. We'll, we'll, you'll see what we're cooking up. Okay, mate. We'll see. We'll see. Well, so, see, to me, that's why you, just, you could just laugh at it. Like, I laughed yeah. at it. But I, it's like someone coming to collect – and saying to that per or, and listening to that person you're trying to collect from say dude just just give me until next week just give me till next week i swear <laughs> and i'll pay you i'll pay you what i owe you with 200% interest okay and you got a bat on your shoulder and you just smile at them and say okay and then walk away knowing that you're coming back next week so as all of this free agency stuff begins about a week from right now if he does not come through on what he promised at that press conference podium last night, then yeah, I'm coming back with my goddamn bat. We're going to have another conversation then. The thing is that like, there were no promises. This was not, there's not like even a commitment that like they're going to go into the tax. He just said like they could, if they were in position to do so, which I'm not sure that they are given what the stipulations were that they need to be a top four, top six seed. There weren't any promises. And again, I, I, Agree what, you that want like him to say the words I promise we're about to go sign a huge free agent. I mean, I mean you heard he you heard Pat Riley it, and Masai Ujiri talk about we are going to get better. I didn't hear that, dude. He said wait till free agency twice. 
He said, wait, you know, and that's, was that's... Calm, but he said it twice and he said it very confidently. What else is that? If not a promise, that sounds like a freaking promise to me. Yeah. I mean, that's, but that's where they're going to have to do their work. Um, as we talked about last night, the only way that they were going to make a really meaningful move into the first round was if they traded Zach to do so, because nobody else on the bulls roster was getting them a first round pick. Now, would we have sat there and been thrilled if they moved Zach for like the 17th pick in the draft? No, we would not have. So I don't blame them for not doing anything in this last draft. And I don't want to get too far over my skis when I'm criticizing AK now because it isn't free agency yet. We don't know what he's going to do. Um, and I don't even really want to like stipulate on the the level of smugness or you know whatever. Like I, I kind of liked that AK was being snarky. I kind of liked that he said, you know, People are telling me I got a job to do, like, I'm going to go do it, whatever. Like that's, that's just kind of, it is what it is. But I, I think when I'm talking about this is like the time to do something, it's like, this is, this free agency period is your chance to actually make a change. I'm not sure they're going to, um, I can see it either way, but like, this is, I think the last opportunity to like actually do something. They should have did something at the deadline. They should have done something last summer. We all know that, but they didn't. And I think it was wrong then. I think it was even more wrong at the deadline. At this point, I think, like, I'm already past the point that Dave's at where it's like, I'm going to get frustrated if something doesn't happen now. It's like, I think people are already frustrated and that they there needs to be action now in order to, like, you know, ease that and to not even that, just to, like, prove that they're that they are about winning, that they are about trying to stay competitive. Because I think as I've talked about, as I've written about, like, I'm not sure that just running it back makes you any more competitive. I think that, that, you know, they, while these other teams get better and the bulls get older, they get slightly less healthy. Like, I'm not sure there's a guarantee that the bulls are going to remain competitive just by running it back. In fact, I don't think so. So there has to be change. Yeah. I'm just saying like, there has to be a change and AK can be confident in his ability to improve or not, that doesn't really matter to me, but like, this is the time to show action. I'm very curious to see what happens the next week. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right. We, we have to take our second break here. We'll come back to wrap up with our thoughts on a couple of players. The bulls did add last night. Um, good news. Neither of them are shooters, but it's okay. As Mark Eversley told us last night, cause we hired a shooting coach, maybe a bit overdue uh, hit that thumbs up while we're sharing these words for our friends and sponsors. Make sure you also hit the subscribe button if you aren't subscribed to the CSGO Sports YouTube channel already. Today's show brought to you by our friends at ComEd, whose energy efficiency program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their vast territory. Comet also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for your HVAC systems, your commercial kitchen equipment, and industrial processes. Now, Mark, you're probably wondering to yourself, that all sounds great, but over here in Australia, I'm wondering, how the hell does that work? Uh, I don't know, Matthew. How the hell does it work? Well, (laughs) I'll tell you, Mark. Uh, it works easier than an AK press conference. An authorized engineer works with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Then within three to four weeks, customers receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on right away. Each recommendation includes estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback plans. If you own a business, one, good for you, congratulations. Two, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy-saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free, that's right, free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering bits. You know, uh, just Did you need that website one more time? That's comed.com slash powering biz, B-I-Z biz. <laughs> I'm so glad you started Sorry, me on ahead. that, sir. Because I no, no, you're right to do that, sir. I needed that twice. You way to be in my brain on that. Thank you very much. Uh, but I had to. Uh, I was so focused on this text message from Baby Joey that I lost track of that. That was on me. Uh, he said that he was uh, on his way. So he was in New York for the draft. He said he was looking at flights to Australia because he wants to go get one of these toy chests that Mark K made. So he wants to go pick that up for himself. 
So yeah, we're gonna see how that works out, man. But but I know one thing: when he gets on that flight, he's gonna definitely have some them shady rays on his face because he never understood. He ain't get it. He ain't understand why these glasses got to be so expensive. Why it shouldn't cost so much money to look like the goat, but it don't, y'all. You can get you some fly glasses at an affordable price. Because Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers that world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that you have ever put on your sexy face. Those durable frames, those extremely clear optics, those premium polarized shades that you can get at an affordable price that are for your outdoor. And I guarantee you, when he gets back here and sits down, Matt Peck will prove this. There he is. Walk on in, put him on his face, your indoor adventures. See, he's proving it. And also, the Matt Peck lost and broken replacements plan. Oh, my God. It was littered with hats in the studio yesterday. It was a hat graveyard going on in the studio yesterday, man. So let's just say it was some glasses on that hat when he threw one of those. They would have snapped. They would have broke. Guess what? You can send them right back to Shady Rays, and they will send you a pair absolutely free. Or let's say you put some glasses on and you said, you know what? I like how Widow Go Gottlieb looked in those glasses. I'd like to look like that. And then you put them on your face and then you realize two things. One, you are not the Quaff King. And two, those ain't the ones for you. So you can send those back in and you can get yourself a pair and a style that fits you as long as you do it within 30 days. It will be for free. There's no risk to you when you shop, y'all, and they got your back. So exclusively for the listeners out there, Shady Rays, giving away their biggest and best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the promo code CHGO for 50% off of two-plus pairs of premium polarized shades. And try it for yourself. The shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Because the Shady Rays, y'all, what it rays are oh, oh so shady. Oh, so shady. All right. What is that? Uh, what is that? It's the Shady it's, Ray uh, Dingo. It's the Shady Ray Dingo that Lawrence uh, contacted months ago while he was doing his show. It was my first time. Oh, my God. That is uh, awesome. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's uh, let's quickly touch on the two players the Bulls added late last night. Julian Phillips, freshman from Tennessee, selected with the 35th pick in that trade with the Washington Wizards sending second round draft capital back to the Wizards. 19 year old was uh, selected to the SCC all freshman team for the Tennessee Volunteers. Six, eight, seven foot wingspan. Love that. Led the 2023 NBA combine with a 43 inch vertical. Love that. Switchable defender. AK spoke about him being able to come in and play defense at the NBA level right away. But, Mark, I know you were not too thrilled with this move the Bulls made because it certainly fits a type that AK appears to love to draft, but that type also includes not being able to shoot the damn ball. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to make this clear. Like, it's not a reflection of my thoughts on Justin Phillips. Like, I don't want to be critical about him as a person, as a player, whatever his skill set may or may not be. I think there is a world where he ends up a team that makes maybe more sense for him. Um, but I don't understand why that team's the Bulls. Uh, to to your point, like they have a type. They seemingly draft these toolsy athletes who aren't great shooters, who they hope to develop as shooters. They've been somewhat hit and miss on that, I suppose. Pat has developed into a good catch and shoot three point shooter, probably not a volume through a three point shooter at this point. Io and Dalen certainly are non shooters. Um, this guy, J- Julian Phillips, there's no reason given pe- based on what he did in college to expect him to come in and one, get minutes and two, if he does get minutes to actually shoot the ball. Uh, so yeah, I just don't understand it. It was a good question asked in the press conference as to whether they drafted this guy thinking, could he be the Derek Jones junior replacement based on, um, Derek Jones opting out of his deal and the, uh, the, the fact that they ultimately confirmed that they were sort of thinking about this guy being somewhat of a Derek Jones Jr. replacement was puzzling to me because on this show, Bulls fans all over were kind of questioning whether the Bulls should be having a player like Derek Jones Jr. on the roster regardless, whether it's him or Javante, whatever it may be, because like, does it make sense to have a non-shooter like Derek Jones Jr. in your rotation when you've already got guys like Ayo, Dale and Terry, Andre Drummond at center, uh, Caruso as well. So that was... It was weird to me, 
Um, and yeah, I just couldn't help but feel that now I'm not expecting Billy to run this rotation out, but uh, your bench consists of a lot of non-shooters. I've, I've just mentioned them all. Caruso, uh, Io, Dalen, Julian Phillips, um, Andre Drummond, potentially Javante, if he comes back. Like, this is the part I don't, I don't understand. Like, okay, cool. You, you've, you're signing all these non-shooters, but then people get angry when one Billy Donovan doesn't play these young kids. I'm like, how do you expect him to play all these non-shooters at the same time and have a functioning offense? To that point, people then complain about why is the offense so bad? And as an extension to that, and then they complain about why is the offense so ISO heavy? And the answer is right there, people. Like it's staring you in, in the face as to why things are the way they are with this offense. We talk about it all the time, but then when it comes to, I'm doing the Billy Donovan defense here. I, you know, who saw that coming? But uh, I, I have to put it out there because it's like the, the answers are so obvious that what, what AK and Eversley are doing from a team building point of view or at least the construction and again maybe they address some of this in free agency but they're just limiting so much of what you can do on offense when you sign these non-shooters i just i just don't understand it and this again this arrogance we talked about the the arrogance around or the confidence that ak had in he said in terms of how they're going to address their weaknesses post free agency and that we as fans should wait there's, there's a certain level of arrogance as well that okay cool you've hired a shooting coach for the first time in however long. And by the way, okay, guys, we've got a shooting coach now. Dalen's going to be a good shooter. Io's going to be a shoot, good shooter. Julian Phillips now, he's going to come in. This this Peter Patton guy, he's going to rework his jumper. Pat's now going to be a volume shooter. He's going to be taking seven or eight threes a game. Like, It just doesn't work like that either. So this idea that through internal development, this is going to be a shooting team as well, which is what they hinted at last night, but also what they inferred at the trade deadline too. Again, it just strikes me if you want to be you know, positive about it. Like, yeah, it's cool. They're, they're confident, but there's a certain level of arrogance to this as well. So this, in addition to the, what we talked about before in terms of AK telling people to wait, wait on things, like this is the part that riled me up yesterday and it's coming out again, I guess. Apologies all. <laughs> that's, that's most of it. I mean, I think also like they clearly had a pretty high grade on Julian Phillips to go and you know they don't have a lot of second round picks like the first one they can trade is in 2026 and who knows how many they sent to the wizards who have just been accumulating them as much as possible after trading bradley beal um based on you know the price to get into the second round from other teams i would imagine it's at least two um if not more picks to get into the second round here so they clearly went after their guy and yeah, I mean, there were a lot of other really good options on the board at that time, but they targeted him. He is young, he's athletic, he can move, he can defend. But you're right, Mark, like those things are not necessarily problems that the Bulls need to solve right now. Um, they definitely need size. They were playing like 6-4 guards at power forward almost every single game, but um, shooting is the biggest need on this team. We don't need to really beat that dead horse um, so it's just, it's strange to me that they didn't address it in the draft when they had the opportunity to, cause we, we talked about their limited opportunity to bring in new players. Now, not only are they spending more draft capital on a guy that doesn't do the things that they need, but they're also using that roster spot on a guy who doesn't do the things that they need. And that maybe now comes at the expense of a free agent that they could sign. Um, he is a cheaper replacement. His contract will be smaller than what Derek Jones made. But yeah, to come in the second round to to pay for basically your fifth big is I think it's kind of a weird move when there were guys who could do, I think, more to help the team. Now, you could always talk about like taking the best player available versus um, fit, drafting for fit. Um, so who knows the right answer to that? I think there's arguments to be made on both sides. Uh, but clearly the Bulls are interested in these big rangy wings and hopefully they can start to develop their shooters because at this point, that's like kind of their only hope. They've still got Aya. They've still got Dalen Terry. They've still got Patrick, who was a work in progress. They've still got Justin Lewis, who needs help shooting. Like they have all these guys. They've got Javante, Derek Jones. Like these guys are just up and down the roster. You can't have a roster full of eight guys that can't shoot. You got to develop them somehow, especially if you're going to reinvest in those skills. It's easier to teach shooting than it is to teach six eight athleticism, but you still got to teach the shooting part, and that's where we are right now. They just we got to see if they can do that. Uh, yeah. Well. I won't get into the defense about him because um, I think you all, we all 
that's been said enough about how good he is defensively and and he is uh but as far as the, the shooting is concerned because obviously that's a concern I, and everybody's right to be like what the hell <laughs> you know what i'm saying about it when you get something like this i was listening to um the field of 68 podcast i don't know if anybody listens to it but it's a really good college basketball podcast uh and terry oglesby uh was on there talking about uh Julian Phillips, he was his coach in uh, AAU before he went to uh, college. And he loves him. Like, he he loves uh, Julian Phillips. And when the question was brought up about the shooting, uh, he was like, no, this dude can shoot. He was like, I promise you, this dude can shoot. He was like, you can look at his form and tell. He was like, he can shoot. He was like, but in Tennessee, he's he's not, and his words were, he's not that alpha dog guy. And he's not that guy like that. He was like, if you set him, if you don't set him up to score, he's not someone that's going to take the ball and say, this is mine, I'm going to go get my points. He said he's not that kind of dude. And he shot 11 of 46, I believe, from three. So he's not one of those guys right there. But he said, but watch what I tell you. And this was before the combine. He said, but watch what I tell you. He's going to go to the combine. He's going to work out for everybody. And he's going to blow them away. And his his jumper is going to be on point, And he's going to be killing them at the three-point line. When he got to the combine, he shot 16 of 25 from the three-point line. So he was dead on about that one. And that's probably why he was on uh, the Bulls' radar and other people's radar like that. So he doesn't feel like his shooting is is going to be an issue. He, he he compared him to Corey Brewer. A better shooting Corey Brewer, Brewer was uh, his comparison when he talked about Julian uh, uh, Phillips. But yeah, 27% is not something that you're looking at thinking is great. You know, you're like, dude, but we're looking at what you did in college. I hear what you're saying, but I'm looking at what you did in college. But like Will said, it's something that can be taught, something that can be improved. The fact he's a good uh, free throw shooter also lends to that fact that he could become a good three-point shooter. Um, so he has those things and those those kind of qualities about him. And he's a good kid, and he, he doesn't worry about him mentally. He said on those kind of teams, if he doesn't get those playing times, so I'm not concerned about him uh, mentally when it, when it comes to those things. But, yeah, I, I like him just because of what I looked at as far as defense was concerned. Offensively, I don't think he was just a great creator. Uh, I didn't, you know, but he could finish with the right or the left, but him getting there to the bucket and doing that, I thought it was, you know, okay. But the shooting is the most glaring thing because that's what the Bulls need to answer. So getting a guy who can't shoot, but according to Terry, he's telling me, you know, that he can. But, and the most impressive thing, and, and then I'm done, when I watched him playing defense, you know, just the way he moved his feet and how he stood and, you know, got in front of those guards at the top of the key, you know, he could guard, you know, pretty much one through four. But the most impressive thing for me is how he, when guys were getting those three point shots, how he was contesting without fouling. He only had average 1.8 fouls a game, you know, in college being that good of a defender and being that aggressive and being on those guards like that, but still only getting like one, one or two fouls a game is impressive to me. And I, and I like that about him. So I'm interested to watch him in summer league. Of course, this is all up in the air about his shot because if that doesn't work, then yeah, he would share time for, for AK on that one. Uh, all right, guys, we are already just o- over an hour here, so we'll do this quickly. The Bulls also signed uh, Adama Sanogo to a two-way late last night. The UConn champion who won the NCAA title with the Huskies in his third year at UConn, 6'9", 240, and a 7'3 wingspan. Also, Will, I saw that you had re tweeted something from chip jones of swish theory uh highlighting just how elite his finishing is at at the rim on non-dunk finishes anybody here super excited about this late night edition that the bulls made i'll make it quick not really i like him he's cool he's got some moves inside and stuff but he's only been playing basketball for six years that's the only time he's been playing basketball, man. So he's got more stuff to improve. But to be only playing ball for six years, win a championship, and still win the MVP being the best player on that championship is also impressive. This is what I want to say about him quickly. And I don't know if this makes any sense. On offense, on offense, when he's at the top of the key, he's 6'9". When he's in the paint, he's 7'1". On defense, he when he's guarding outside the lane, he's 7'1". But in the paint, he's 6'9". <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's on defense, his footwork isn't great. He gets lost on screens and stuff like that. And when he gets down there to defend, you realize that he's not the tallest guy. He's not a great rim protector. But on offense, this dude can bring the ball up. He can cross you over. He can get to the bucket. 
but when he's in the paint, you're like, damn, you're only six nine because he will seal you off and go up and score on you like that. So he's he's interesting. Like I said, he's only been playing six years, so we'll we'll see what it is. Yeah, I'm not gonna say I know too much about him. Um, got some interesting back to the basket games. So Stacy, I'm sure will love that. Uh, he's he's got some <laughs> skill, and I think he there's like a chance he can be a player, but like. Uh, it, what does it say about the fan base that they are so excited about these undrafted two-way guys uh, getting into the second round, best case scenario, or like squeezing the Portland Trailblazers to change protections on a future pick? Like, no, no. it's just, it's slim pickings right now. And so I understand it, but I just am hesitant to see him making a huge impact. I'm very excited to watch him as uh, well as Julian Phillips and some of these other guys in Vegas in a couple weeks here the schedule was just announced the bulls have four games so far and they'll have a fifth game soon uh schedule tbd but uh yeah it'll be it'll be fun to watch those guys and it'll be fun to be there with you mark i wish you could come with us but um alas yeah it would be nice it would be nice but um yeah unfortunately not but uh my my, my thinking on it is Cool. Take a flyer. Bring him to Vegas. Sure. I'm not expecting him to be anything to the point that uh, Rocky Rosado is making here in the comment in the comments. He's just not big. Like he's a five. He's not a four. But he, I think, he, yeah, he's six foot nine, seven one, seven two wingspan. Yeah. Not big enough to play center. Um, we're assuming Andre Drummond is coming back. Joe Kelly, I think today mentioned that um, Mo Bamba potentially wants to come to Chicago in free agency, assuming he's a free agent. Uh, he's not what they need in terms of size. And we know this team is undersized all over the court. We don't really need to be undersized at the five position as well. Um, yeah, so I I don't think he's someone that uh, will ultimately make the roster. He's, take a flyer on him, take, to, take him to Vegas, maybe proves me wrong, but he's an undersized center. He can do some stuff around the rim, but isn't really what this team needs. But hmm. cool, I guess. <laughs> All right, we will wrap it up there. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Thank you for tuning in all draft week long. We did it. Now we move on to phase wait for free agency. Just we'll be see back what we've week got cooking up. With, with a, with a <laughs> fresh batch of shows for you. In the meantime, you can follow Will uh, on Twitter, Will underscore Gottlieb. Also, be sure to check out all the great stuff he wrote about last night's events, allchgo.com. Big Dave is at Bow, BWL Sports. Bow. Mark is at MK Hoops. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Shout out and thanks to our friend and incredible producer, Mr. Lawrence B on the controls. Have a great weekend, everybody. The Shady Rays (laughs) Dingoes are out. That means it's a sunny side Friday. I'm going to go get my drink on. For everybody here, love you, Bulls Nation. We'll talk to you Monday. See you, Red. Be good. Peace.